to my What's up, what's up, my fellow spooky folks? I'm your host, Troy Ryan, and welcome back to Man of Horror, my horror pod where I talk all things scary. Now, today, I want to do a top 10 list inspired by the film that I'm reviewing and rating today. That film is The Reading. The list is my top 10 horror movie openers. The Reading inspired this list because while I have several things to say about the film that are a little bit more on the negative side, I liked the opening scene, right? And... After watching it, it reminded me of this list that I made months ago, i.e. Top 10 Horror Movie Openers list. So, here we go. <laughs> um, we can go ahead and dive right in. If you hang up on me, you'll die just like your mother. Do you want to die, Sydney? In 10th place, another film that I have a bit of a negative opinion of with like, while I have a negative opinion of it, it does have a very mention-worthy opening scene. And as a horror fan, you probably know where I'm going with this. Ghost Ship. Um, again, as a horror fan, you've more than likely seen this movie. It's always been insane to me, like, how how it can be so cheesy. And, like, in a bad way, I feel like. And yet have such a good opening scene. Like, amazing. So, in this one, if you haven't seen it, as you can guess, there's a ship. Luxury liner, you know, rich people, all that shit. And there's a gathering on the main deck. Everybody's dancing, smiling, drinking. Oh, yeah, we're rich. Ha, ha. You know, just the, the typical, <laughs> um, like, luxury liner shit that you would imagine, right? And then, like, suddenly a rope wire cord is, like, tampered with. They don't really show who's doing it. They just show a hand, like, fucking with some levers and stuff like that. And it swipes across the whole main deck, slicing in half every adult on board. And I specifically say adult because the only person that was left was like a little girl who was left alive. And lucky only because where the wire sliced was like just above her head. So she was like too short, basically. Um, Overall, it's a super dope opening scene. And it's a legit massacre done in like less than five seconds. (laughs) So, yeah, definitely noteworthy. In ninth place, The Ring. Um, this film is classic, right? Um, its opening is just as classic. It starts off innocently enough, you know, two girls hanging out, talking shit, watching TV. And then suddenly one of them shares an urban legend about watching some tape, you know. You watch the tape and then seven days later you die. Simple version. The girl says she watched it and... You know, long story short, she dies. <laughs> but, like, what's classic about it, or one of the things that I recall about it is, I think, more so the way that her mom describes her face at the funeral, like, in the the very next scene. And they cut to, like, the distorted face of the girl in the closet. It's, it's a great jump scare, and it's just, like, a classic scene. Um, and if you haven't seen that movie or its opening, you definitely deserve the bell. <laughs> Okay. 
In eighth place, another classic. I'm pretty sure we're in classic territory for like most of the list, aside from Ghost Ship. <laughs> um, but Halloween. Our introduction to the Michael Myers. The film opens up with a POV shot, right? Following around a character named Michael who kills a woman. Later, a man and another woman pull up and get out of the car and ask Michael, you know, like in a, a confused tone, like saying his name and what have you done, you know? And as they reach into the POV character's face, they take off what appears to be a clown mask on a six-year-old fucking kid. Enter Michael Myers. Um, and that's just kind of like without context, without knowing that, that that he killed his sister, you know, and stuff like that. But um, I love it. I love it. It's such a great introduction to, again, the um, one of the most iconic horror killers, Michael Myers. And I think a lot, this was like a first for a lot of things, right? Like, I think this is the first time we get a POV serial killer shot of, from a child's point of view, right? Like, he's not the first, like, child killer in a movie, I don't believe. But to get it from that POV, because you're not expecting that, um, and and to be dressed up like a little kid, you know, like on Halloween, like it just it, it was it just just classic. Everything about it. <laughs> um, I honestly don't think there a lot of things about this movie were done before this movie itself came out. So, um, yeah. And seventh place, Final Destination two. Um, all these films have amazing opening scenes, minus Final Destination 4. Like, it was a cool one, but we, we don't talk about Final Destination 4 over here. Um, <laughs> but, like, the opening scenes are a part of the plot, right? Like, I, I, I guess that's technically movies, but if you've seen the Final Destination films, you, you kind of know what I mean, right? Like, it's kind of like Scream. You know, they're known for these wild-ass opening scenes. So, in this one... Um, you, which you totally should have seen by now, but if not, yeah. Um, basically, they start off usually with some fucked up freak accident that someone has a premonition of and saves everyone who was supposed to die. Then after that, death, literal death, comes to finish the job one by one. And in the second one, the opening scene is a pileup on a highway. You know, um, a woman named Kimberly, teenager more so, I feel like, because um, it was like a, a spring break trip for her or something like that. But anyway, um, you know, she sees it all start from a truck carrying these big ass logs. So I think this one is my favorite um, opening scene because of how much it affected everyday life. It was the most common. It's just driving a car you know like you're just going somewhere it's literally just going somewhere um and it was so <coughs> excuse me <coughs> they're just going somewhere so it's just like like for instance i think this one affected more people because almost anyone i know doesn't like to drive behind a fucking log truck because of this movie <laughs> like the scene where like the log goes through the police car like right through his fucking windshield and through the cop's head and out the back window along with the head like it was just it, it, yeah the shit is it crazy <laughs> um and sixth place evil dead specifically the 2013 remake i've discussed this film on the pod several times and it's just like in my top five all-time favorite horror movies like and one of the few remakes are 
reboots or updates or, or however you want to, I guess, look at it, um, that I feel is just as good, if not better, than its predecessors. The opening scene here introduces us to the world in such a great way, I think, too. Um, a girl's lost in the forest. She looks around, and then suddenly some guys find her, and they knock her the fuck out. She wakes up in this cabin basement tied to a post. She's, like, playing to this man in front of her to let her go. She's like, Daddy, you know, so apparently he's her father. And, you know, he seems remorseful. So there's some other people in the room, and there's this old blind woman who's, like, looking at a book, specifically the Necronomicon. And as she's pleading, the blind woman says he needs to, like, you know, cleanse her and stuff like that. And in that moment, he tells her that she killed her mom and they can't let her go. And she, like, turns into a demon in, like, seconds. And it's just like, I'm going to rip your fucking soul out. Like, it it was so perfect for an introduction to the Evil Dead world. And then the man, you know, ends with burning her. And it, that's how the film opens. And again, it introduces us to the world of Evil Dead in a short matter of minutes. It shows us the book. It shows us um, when the book has been opened that you pretty much can't trust anyone anymore. Who you think might be the good guy or the innocent character just might be a fucking demon, right? Um, yeah. So masterful. In fifth place, Night of the Living Dead, um, another classic that is, I think, the most classic film on this list. Night of the Living Dead is one of the best zombie movies in history, and it gets started, like, immediately and doesn't let up. It's done in such a masterful way, and if you haven't seen it, I'm judging you, but it's also in black and white, so I'm not, I'm not going to judge you too hard because I've had issues of watching black and white films for a while and with this one because of the story i was able to stick into it you know like able to stay there um but it opens up with the brother and sister visiting a cemetery the brother scares the sister and then they see a man coming at them the man turns out to be a zombie who kills the brother and then goes after the sister who runs and gets away to the car but as she's on the way to the car and gets to the car um, she starts to see other zombies in the process. So it's simple, effective, and, you know, it's just like the start of a zombie apocalypse, obviously, and it all takes place within a matter of, like, five, ten minutes. You know, like I said, the movie just gets started immediately, and there's not, like, a slow buildup, which I can actually appreciate. And a fourth place, A Quiet Place. This has become, um, I think, a, a new age horror classic. For a lot of people, there's a lot of alien movies that have come out the past few years. And this one is one of the few that have kept that that can keep you on your toes. Right. Like, as you know, the point is the world is invaded by sound killing aliens. If they hear a sound, they kill you. So essentially, you just kind of have to shut the fuck up for the rest of time. A family. Right. The movie starts with the family walking around silently on a supply run. And they find a toy plane. It's a little boy who wants to play with it, but the dad takes the batteries out before he can and, you know, make noise. So they leave the store, take the toy playing, and there's like a deaf older sister who grabs the batteries and puts them back in the toy. Fuck kids. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> um, so a little bit later, they're walking and the the youngest is kind of like uh, way too far behind. Like, I think this is kind of totally the family's fault because... The little boy plays with the plane, and then he he makes the noise with it. 
and they all hear it and realize the monsters are coming. So um, the dad like runs back to the kid to try and save him before he can get to him. And like in the distance, you just see something huge that's like running through like these trees because they're like in like a forest getting closer and closer to the kid. And my thought is really quick. The father was running at full speed. So that should give you just an idea of how far ahead they were. <laughs> like, why was no one keeping up with him? But anyway, either way, um, you know, obviously the kid gets sliced in fucking half. And yeah, it's it's an amazing scene. <laughs> in third place, it both versions. Um, the opening scene just kind of hits the same. I prefer the 2017 one just because of the quality of the visual but Stephen King is just a master of his craft so it, it's it's as long as they do the actual story it's totally fine which both movies did so um but yeah you know it just showcases um what the fuck is going on really well too you know, like, so, and, and why and why I, I say that, because it's the second movie I mentioned that, but it's really important sometimes, because some movies don't fully establish what the fuck is going on in the beginning, and you just kind of left, like, well, wait, like, let me see what's actually happening, and then some movies do it, but then it's almost just like, they give too much away, you know, so it's, this is one of the films that just does it right, um, and you should totally know the story. If not, you get shamed here on Man of Horror for that shit. Um, a little boy named Georgie wants to go outside and play, right? It's raining. It's kind of stormy. And he built a boat, a little paper boat that he wants to take out and sail. He asks his brother, Billy, to play, come with him. Billy's a bit older. and He wants to, like, stay inside and do older teen boy things, whatever. And Georgie goes out by himself. His so his um sailboat goes into a sewer, and when he goes to reach for it, Pennywise reveals himself, and he's holding the boat under the sewer. At first, he talks to Georgie all nice and shit for a moment, but then he turns into the fucking demonic alien monster that he is, and bites the shit out of Georgie and drags him into the sewer, eating and killing him. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, totally great opening scene, and again, I love both versions so. Worth it for both. And a second place, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Classic, classic, classic. Um, this is another film that is an introduction film, right? This one is our introduction to Freddy Krueger. It's a bit of cheating, honestly, because it's less the opening scene and more the opening few scenes, but whatever. Specifically, the the character Tina, right? She's having nightmares. She goes to school to her friends and she hasn't been able to sleep. Final girl Nancy appears to like maybe know what she's talking about, but they don't really confirm at that point. So later they're all back hanging out at Nancy's house and she falls asleep and she's visited by Freddie again. But this time he chases her in her backyard all the way up to her room. He starts like killing her by throwing her body all across the room, like and smacking her up against walls. And in reality, like her body is just flying around, violently smacking against walls. So like, the the guy that's in the room with her doesn't see Freddy. He just sees her body flying around. And then suddenly she rises up to the top of the room and then four slashes go across her body and her body falls into the bed in blood. And it's just such a crazy scene. And I think, you know, with it being Freddy's first on-screen kill, it showed us just how much damage he could do. Because I don't think he did more damage to anyone else the rest of this film specifically. So that was like the most brutal kill in the film. 
in first place, Scream. Y'all already know how I feel about goddamn Scream, so of course this will be number one. <laughs> um, Scream is another series that's specifically known for its openers. Not a one of them is bad, although Scream 3 is my like, least favorite opener. With um, this one, and again, here you get shamed at Man of Horror if you don't know about this one, so definitely shamed. Um, <laughs> but we start with uh, Casey Becker answering the phone, home alone, and, you know, she doesn't know who it is, and it starts off as harmless, and then goes into flirting, but then quickly goes into, like, creepy territory, and then into overdrive killer territory, like... Ultimately, Casey's boyfriend is killed because she answers a horror question wrong. And then she herself is chased until she gets murdered while holding the phone with her parents, like, basically just arriving home and hearing on the other phone, like, in the house. So they go outside to, you know, go get help or whatever. And then they see her body swinging from a tree, gutted. And it's just, like, so much deeper than that. But ultimately, the feel of this one and, like, the escalation in it, it's just total fucking master class in how to open up a horror film for me like chef's kiss literally <laughs> all right so that was my top 10 horror movie opening scenes um i want to go ahead and get into today's review and rating the film the reading um it got suggested to me by two people that you know whose opinions i kind of value so i was all right fuck it let me just give it a little watch and i was seeing it everywhere on tiktok for a few weeks so um i decided to check it out and yeah i have several things to say (laughs) um first i want to start with monique um i i have to commend her because i actually really did like the choices that she made um she did really good in this the the range of emotions and the work that she did like some people were talking shit about the voice that she does because ultimately um spoiler alert some some things happen to her are at, okay yeah i'll just i'll say that i'll say that some things happen to her and ultimately it fucks with her voice and she does like this thing where she's like uh, i need it to go like that you know so um, I, I didn't necessarily have an issue with it because it seemed, it made sense for what, sh- how she would sound, I guess, after everything that she had went through, but some people didn't like it acting wise. So whatever, um, can't please everybody, but I think it was really done well. Um, and then just a lot of the choices that she made, like, um, as like the villain or, you know, like the killer, um, the faces that she was that she was like making and some of just like weird like because and i think it was just funny too because i don't know like you know that's just it was just different for her but it wasn't done bad i I, again i'm commending her because i think she did a really good job and she made some really good choices um the story itself it wasn't a bad story right like like I, i think the story of this like, the concept was really good. The execution just lacked in a couple of areas. Um, I, I don't want to give 
well, you know what? Fuck it. I guess I'll give away some some of it. Um, a girl basically has the ability to talk to people on the other side, to talk to the dead and channel and stuff like that. And something happens to Monique's family, and she wants to talk to them on the other side. Um, so her and her, you know, sister in law hire the girl and her friends to come to her house, and they, you know, do a little exorcism and stuff like that. But they discover some wild shit. Now, the girl who can channel, her acting, I think, was really good. Um, it was a little blah in the beginning, but it was like she didn't really have much dialogue. and or, or, It wasn't creative dialogue. It was very textbook. So um, she didn't have much to work with, but also, you know. It's like one of her beginning projects, I would assume. I hadn't seen her in anything else, but I, I don't know. You know, I don't know that for sure. But either way, um, when she does the possession scenes, though, the acting, I think she did some really good acting in that. Outside of that, um, I think what would have made this movie better is a couple of extra scenes, right? One thing with Monique. It got inst- it was immediately like, oh, she's going to call these people to contact her family. It, there should have been, I think, especially in relation to the story, because in some sense, I'll say she's not what she seems, you know? And what would have made this better is if there were scenes of her psyche slowly breaking or her saying, you know, I've been hearing voices in the house and... There's been, I've been hearing someone walking upstairs, you know, just little shit like that to show why she called these people to help her contact her family versus just going from scene to scene um, without any connection with them for real. Just, oh, we got a call. This lady wants us to come over, you know? And then for next, her fucking friends were annoying. Um, I would have liked to cared about them more, but we just don't get that. We get thrown into their world without really giving a shit about them. Um, If there were extra scenes of them just living life together, seeing them interact and things like that, we would have cared when they died, but you don't. And they're also stupid. They like, (laughs) like the characters were so stupid. I'm sorry. Like they're running from a killer and they were talking so loud. It was, it was insane. And it was like this one scene specifically where Monique is around like a wall there's, you know, one of the friends and the Monique, and they're on opposite sides of a wall. Clearly, if, you know, if someone's talking right there, you can hear that they're right there, right? And Monique kind of walks back, but it's only like maybe two seconds after she's done talking, and then the friend starts talking loud and edging over. Where is she? I, I don't know. You know, it's like, hello? Did you? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it's <sighs> frustrating. Um, so, you know, just, just those two writing choices, I think would have made this such a better film, but yeah, that's what we get. Um, I gave it two out of five stars, you know, one for watchability. It is cheesy, cheesy dialogue at times, but it it is a good story. Like I have to, I'm, I'm giving it that, you know, like, the story is what kept me watching it because I wanted to know where it was going. And I just wish there was more more to it. This should have been 
And that's that's also the issue too. I think it's like an hour and like twenty minutes. So it was just it was just quick. It was just like oh let's just go through it. It should have been like a two hour movie or something. You know like really get in there and they just didn't. Um, so it, it made it kind of cheesy in a lot of scenes. But again, star number two is um story creativity because the story is genuinely creative. Like I said, it's a good concept. Um. And then there's a big twist and turn, like, halfway through. Or not even half, yeah, just about halfway through. Um, that just makes it makes it a bit better. So it's just, like, again, story-wise, good execution. And, but what can you do? It is on a BET Plus um, or Sling if you have that or Amazon Prime. So definitely check that out. Um, I, 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 I'd say it's worth it. Just give it a watch. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. As always, my fellow spooky folks, I love y'all. We are at 550 listens in that thing. So I'm so excited. Um, don't forget to follow the official Instagram page for the pod, man of horror underscore podcast. And until next time, stay spooky, folks. Peace. Eyes, eyes.